Hello, welcome to our Lighthouse podcast. We hope that this message brings inspiration and intent to your day. Good to have you, and I hope you realize today is, uh, as we've often said, this is really not the main game. Tomorrow's the main game, by the way. Uh, this is, if you use a sporting analogy, this is halftime. This is the pep talk at halftime where I get to encourage and direct and focus you. We just worship, that's about you, uh, just putting your attention on the Lord. But really, what we want to do is equip you for tomorrow. Did you know that when you go to work tomorrow, the same presence of God that you experienced this morning is actually in your workplace? And they're gonna, I know they're going to do station mums tomorrow, so it looks like just a bunch of mums uh, with a few rogue dads, by the way, I noticed as well. Yeah, yeah, come on, why is that station mums? It should be station people. Aren't we right, Paul? He's one of them. He's one of them, one of the dads that rocks up. Anyway, you'll fix that. And I think that uh, we've got to recognise that God's presence is with us all the time. The question is, how do you find God in your everyday? And that's really important to us. I I never want you to feel like Sunday God's up here and Monday he goes missing. It's just not true. God is everywhere all the time. And I feel like the way in which we can encourage you to live is to seek out God in everything you do. And uh, that's my attempt today. So we're doing a series uh, on You Can Always Count on God. If you've got your Bibles, I know it's always on the screen and this doesn't look like you. But nonetheless, if you can take your devices out without getting caught on Instagram or Facebook, then do it. If you can't, just leave it where it is. Don't touch it. It'll be on the screen. I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank you for every person that's here today. God, I know that you're very capable of speaking to each and every one. And I pray those who have come maybe with a heavy heart or a confusion or a doubt, I pray today that you would speak into their lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis 13, if you type that in, I'm going to read literally about eight or nine verses. So Abram left Egypt and travelled north into the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Abraham was very rich in livestock, silver and gold. And from the Negev, they continued travelling by stages towards Bethel. And they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place that Abram had built the altar, and there he worshipped the Lord. Lot, who was travelling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats and herds and cattle and many tents. But the land could not support both Abraham and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. All that time the Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land. Finally, Abraham, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any, select, any section of the land you want and we will separate. If you want the land on the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll take what is on the left. I want to talk to you today about how you can always count on God to give direction to your life. You know, direction's a tricky thing. And you know, I think mostly, most Christians uh, that know the Lord, I think, sincerely, when we know we're at a fork in the road, when we know there's something new we need to do or a change we need to make, I think genuinely, uh, we want to know what God is doing for us. 
And, but that can be hard sometimes because God, as you know, uh, he doesn't often say a lot. And sometimes you can't go to the scripture that points to the exact direction that you feel or think you might need to take. And so I want to teach a little bit about that and take the uh, angst out of decision-making for you and help you simply apply the process of direction to your life in a way that it's not stressful and not difficult, but actually, as I believe God sees it today. Psalm 37, here's the scripture, uh, the other scripture we're going to focus on today. Psalm 37, 23. says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. And once I was young, and now I'm old. That sounds more familiar these days, that scripture, than when I used to read it years ago. I don't know why that is. Yet I've never seen the godly abandoned, all their children begging for bread. You know, when the scripture talks about godly, it's in, in case I forget to mention it later. You know, we can think godly and we think perfection and we can think getting life right. But actually, the godly in this uh, context under a new covenant is Christ followers, righteous, those who are saved by grace. And so when we talk about that today, we're not talking about the perfect. We're not talking about those who never get it wrong. We're talking about people like you if you've made a decision for the Lord. It's interesting to know that David wrote that psalm when he was 70 years of age. And David is looking back over his life. And it's, it's what you would call consummate wisdom. The ability to have lived long enough to have learned. The ability to have lived long enough to have seen patterns that occur both in life and in the way in which God operates in people's lives. And that's important because what we're hearing from David when he says, I have never seen. I have never seen God abandon the godly. You're talking about a man who's 70, who has looked back over his life, and he said, I want you to know there's some stuff that I have seen in my life, and I have never seen God abandon those who follow him. And their children, by the way. See, if you heard an 18-year-old say that, you'd be like, yeah. Well, maybe not. But when a 70-year-old says, I have never seen. And we often forget that we have these stages and we often forget. I love the multi-generational church. You know, it's one of the things that I'm glad about with Lighthouse. We're both multicultural because that's the city we live in. We're actually, we're multi-generational uh, to the point where uh, it's possible for you, it's certainly even in my own family, that uh, parents are here, sons and daughters, sons and daughters of the sons and daughters, and then sons and daughters of the sons and daughters, multi-generational. And we forget the value of each generation. I love our young people. I particularly love our young people when they come off the camp, when they go to, on a camp, right? Because they bring energy and life to our church. They bring, uh, the, uh, they remind us of the innocence but extravagance of God and the freshness and the newness and the excitement of what it is to follow God. But by the same token, isn't it good to have 
the odd 55-year-old around. And I mean odd. 55, 70, 80, 90. I was talking to my dad this week. Well, I had lunch with him and dad's 89. And, you know, he was telling me how he's, you know, losing his memory a bit. And I said, well, that's good, Dad. That's like a godlike quality to not be able to remember. God doesn't remember your sins. And he said to me, well, that's the problem. He said, all I can remember is my sins and none of my good stuff. <laughs> and I said, well, you must be busy then. You had a lot. And so we have David is giving what you would call a life stage message. He's saying to who knows a generation, he's saying, listen, there's certain things that are unsure, but there's one thing I can be sure of. Looking back over my life, I can tell you, I've never, ever seen God abandon those that follow him or their children. It's a good promise today as you're thinking and listening. And did you know, you know, if we talk about generations and stages, you, you will never be the same person your whole life. You're not going to be the same person mentally. You're not going to be the same person emotionally, spiritually, physically. You know, you're, you're, you mentally change. You, you physically change. Well, you physically change, and my body does that without permission mostly. And, and, and there's things that you can control, and there's things that you can't. But David is saying, I now know things that I could not have possibly known when I'm a younger man. And I think we overthink the will of God. I really think we do. I think God understands the dynamic. You know when I said this morning that sometimes God is, he definitely speaks and he definitely wants to give you direction. But in the understanding that we don't see God and it seems like a challenge sometimes to hear from God, I want you to know God understands that relationship too. He recognized, because if you don't, what you say to yourself is you apply guilt to the lack of direction you feel you have. I can't hear from God. It must be something wrong with me. But I know God understands that. He has much grace for that. I was kind of brought up when it comes to decision making, and it was always a bit weird for me just between you and I, was, you know, you'd make a decision and so a Christian would come up and say, because you'd make the decision, you'd head in the direction and then all hell would break loose, right? So what does somebody say to you? Oh, well, what you're doing must be God then. And I'm like, really? A sign that I'm doing good things is all hell breaks loose, is that what you're saying? Or, but funny thing was, conversely, it would work, right? So I would make a decision and go in a direction and things are going well. Well, you must have chosen what God wanted. Well, which is it? Is it that hell breaks loose and that's evidence that I've made the right decision or is it that good things happen as a result? I would suggest it may be neither. And the, the quickness to which we go to determining how we feel is determining whether it was God or not is fraught with danger and there's a better way to do it. My parents, uh, like the fleece model, and I haven't got time today, but uh, that was the one they did. But sometimes it felt like the flipping of a coin. Heads, it's God. Tails, it's not. It felt a bit that way. It was like if, if, if we're going to do this and if it happens, it must be God. If we don't do this or if we go to do it and it doesn't happen, that must be God as well. I just think that's still fraught with challenges. It's 
go back to um, the idea that maybe there's more going on. The, the thought that we're saying, God, is it A, like Abram? God, is it A or is it B? And we get stuck in kind of that fork of the road. Here's the first thought today that hopefully will help you. Number one is God directs steps. God directs steps. And I've never, 55, I'm not 70, but 55, I've never, I'm going to use my thing now, I've never seen God move you considerably while you're stationary. God wants movement. He wants to see a little bit of faith towards something. A little bit of, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I just know I've got to move. I just, I just know there's a, there's a way in which God directs, and he directs when we take small steps towards something. When we have movement, action, and progress. God didn't say, he didn't say that I'm going to direct the intention you have to take steps. I'm going to, he didn't even say I'm going to direct the good steps. He just said I'm going to direct steps. Um, he didn't say I'm going to direct the right step, the popular step, the correct step. He said I will bless, direct your steps. And I've realized, I know this is going to sound weird, but I've realized in some way, God's less worried about direction and more interested in your faith. Your ability to trust as you move. Your ability to say, God, I'm not really sure, but I'm going to go and I'm going to trust that you come with me. It seems like God is interested in the makeup of our heart. I love that passage where it says that though you stumble you will not fall. You know what that reminds me of? Because I think when it comes to direction, sometimes you've got to move in the direction of what you think, not 100%, you think God wants you to go, but if your heart's right and you're teachable and you remain humble, guess what? You might stumble. It might even be the wrong decision. But because your heart's right, here's what God does. He can teach you and redirect you and readjust you because you don't react, you don't flare. And so I think the condition of your heart, God, I, I sometimes, I would describe direction for me like this. God, I'm scared out of my wits to move in that direction. God, I can't even say it's 100%. But what I do know is this, movement is on. I do know I've got to move. And when I move, God, I'm going to trust that you move with me. And God, I tell you what, I think it's this way, but if it's not this way, God, I'm completely okay, redirect or reshuffle my life in a way that I end up. I want to go back to a couple of weeks ago when I talked about Joseph. Remember when Joseph said to his brothers, God meant it for evil. Sorry, other way around. Thank you. Oh, isn't it good to have the second Holy Spirit with us today, everybody? It's always louder than the first Holy Spirit, I find. And, and let me say appropriately, and that, that was the right time to correct me, because I just said God meant it for evil. Let me rephrase. Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God will turn it into good. Here's the amazing thing. You can even get life wrong sometimes. Hello? But because God is over all things, 
Maybe it didn't go like you. Maybe you did make a mistake. Maybe you did take the wrong step, the wrong direction. But the promise of God is I will take whatever woven zigzag life that you've had and you can count on me to redirect your life in a way that my purpose, as God said, will be fulfilled in your life. Stop giving yourself so much credit for your direction. Stop taking so much ownership of the good direction you take and the bad direction you take. Just know this, that God is capable and willing and wanting. He recognizes that sometimes you stumble. And I know many times I have not got it right, but I'll tell you what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to adjust as he does so along the way. You know our problem? We think God only tolerates precision. You know, that's not God's thought. That's a, that's a human thought. We think God is only into perfection. We think that he is the kind of God that tolerates no room for error. That's not true. God has factored my dumb decisions into my destiny. God is not looking for Paul to make perfect and correct and absolutely right decisions all his life. He's not. Because he said, Paul, as you take steps, I'm going to direct them. You're going to stumble, but never to a point where you become uh, disqualified for life. There's no such thing in God. You don't get disqualified from God's purposes. He has grace. And God's, I know we use the analogy of um, give God the steering wheel. You know, let, let him take the wheel. I mean, I've preached that. It's partly true. But he's not a chauffeur. When it comes to direction, he's not chauffeuring you round. God, let's you know, take a left there. He's more like a parent. You know, just when my kids were growing up, you know, no, no big deal for everybody else, but when you're potty training or toilet training and they finally go themselves. How incredible is that for you? And you celebrate, hey, you celebrate it. One of the, our station mums here, Paul, is uh, clapping. I'll have it changed, Paul, don't you worry. We're going to have to put station dads right next to it. <laughs> Just so it feels a little awkward. I mean, oh, here I am trying to champion women and I turn my back and we get station mums. I'll be, now I'll have to start championing men. And all that men do. Nick. You've got to get married first, Nick, before you. <laughs> so God takes the mess of our not quite get it right processes and he turns it into his good. And he has grace for you to do that. So let's go back to Abram and Lot for a second. So he tells them to separate. Isn't that funny? I haven't got time. Maybe that's another message. You know, you won't always. Have, you may not have the same friends your whole life. You know, sometimes God does take people you think you're going to be with all the time, and He moves them out of your life. It, it's it's uh, nice that we would have lifelong friends, but we don't always. And sometimes God shifts and moves those. That's normal. Sometimes the person that you thought you were going to work for for 30 years is not the person you work for long term or whatever. God, God's okay for that sort of stuff, but we don't have time. I love this picture. So, so Abram says to a lot, mate, you can have the left, 
If you take the left, I'll take the right. And if you take the right, I'll take the left. It's worth noting that there was actually two distinct areas. There was definitely an area that they were talking about that was more lush and green and a little bit more desert on one side. And guess which one Lot chose? Oh, the lush and the green, the fertile. Why would Abram risk with seniority trumping his relative? With experience trumping his relative, why would Abraham leave to choice? It seems like Abram has put, it the, has put his destiny in the hands of someone other than God or himself. And this is really important when it comes to decision making. That God's blessing wasn't left or right. God's blessing was on Abram. The blessing's not on the direction, it's on you. You know, I carry around, I haven't got it today, I did go looking for it, I hope I haven't lost it, it's precious. Which is, I carry around a little rock with me everywhere I go. You know why I carry the rock? I got it pre-pandemic, Annette and I are in Israel. And we go to a place called Shiloh. And Shiloh is where the presence of God sat for 363 years. And while I was there, I stole a rock. That can't be good, that's got to be... I did tell the tour guide, I said, is it okay if I take this little rock? And I picked up this rock, but I didn't get it for what you might think. See, if I was Catholic, I'd put that in a little uh, perspex glass and I would put it at the front of a building and I'd get people to pay, come and touch it. Because <laughs> the presence, that's where the presence, 360 years, that rock definitely saw the presence of God. Definitely. I'd make something of it. I could make a lot of money. We'd have people lined up, streamed up here. Don't worry about Paul on stage. Just have a little box here and come and <laughs> touch it and rub it. Or everywhere I go in the world, there's some sort of something to touch and rub and pray over and hope you get a... But you know why I carry it around? To remind myself constantly, God's blessing is not on things. Never. It's on you. You're an Old Testament Christian where you think that you've got to get something to be a blessing, something to be favoured. It's not the things that God blesses, it's you. And I can tell you, there probably is, maybe there is a perfect left or right, but I can tell you, left or right, whatever you choose, God's blessing is on you. It's on you. Not on the, you know, we, uh, the chairs aren't anointed, I don't care. We, we might pray over the chairs, but we don't pray over the chair because we want somebody to come and sit on it and feel the presence of God. We pray over the chairs because our spirit is we want people to feel them. But here's this. We, the, the, the presence of God or the power of God, there's zero favor on this building. I get annoyed when I go to churches and I call them sanctuaries and, and they won't let me bring my coffee in. <laughs> because it's like I've entered holy ground. Well, what a load of rubbish. It's a load of rubbish. God doesn't look. You know, we didn't unlock, unlock the door, un, unlock the door this morning and go. Oh yeah, the God. We just woke him up and got him ready for the service. And he doesn't live here. He lives in you. And so I want you know you can. I, I'm not. I am not in any way devaluing the idea that we should pray through direction. We should. What I'm saying to you is, in our very best interest to do what God wants, we don't always get it right, but it doesn't matter because God will bless you. 
Abram did something amazing with a selfish relative who was bound to take what he could have easily enforced. He said in his heart, he said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Lot takes the best direction because whatever I choose, God is with me. Doesn't that just lift some of the pressure of us? You know, I, I'm old enough to, there was an era here, I don't know when it was. By the way, I, high school, I finished in, 80, in the 80s. Any 80s people that finished school? Just two of us, okay, fantastic. <laughs> uh, we, we went to an era called What Would Jesus Do? WWJD. You had bracelets, shirts, you know, and so you couldn't move unless you found out what Jesus was doing. I mean, it was started off as fun, but then it was polarizing. Like, yeah, I, I want to, I want to have a coffee today, but what would Jesus do? You know, would he have coffee? What would Jesus call station mums? That's a good question, right? It's been, he's very Holy Spirit that thought today. I was driving, uh, I didn't realise, I should have checked the detail, but where I was speaking last weekend, when I got off the plane in Adelaide, I had to drive two and a half hours to the destination. Uh, I don't want to do that too often. Um, but of course, there was a road that was like 125k straight, and I'd already had the GPS set. And so I did not hear from my GPS. And then when it finally, one kilometre out, it said, turn left, I just about jumped. I didn't realise there was somebody in the car with me. I'd forgotten I'd put it on. And I think God's sometimes like that. He doesn't, you're, you're on the journey and you're traveling on and you want him to talk more. Because you just, I, I gotta tell you that God only spoke to Annette and I once about leading Lighthouse. And I really could have done with some encouragement along the way. Like, like two years in, Paul, you're still on the right track. Paul, you're five years on, Paul, you're still on the right track. Well, he doesn't do it, he doesn't care. <laughs> It's like God, when he says something once, he's okay. And then when he wants to lead or direct you again, you just mind your own business, he pipes up and he shows you it's right or left and away you go. You didn't never saw it coming. Everywhere he goes, uh, everywhere you go, God's spirit goes. Last thought, and we're done. The, guy, the musos can come on up. Josiah, good to have you, Josiah too, all the way from the UK. He is an Aussie, he is an Aussie, but uh, you know when I read Acts 16, it's funny because at least three times there and in multiple occasions, the Apostle Paul, who's a legend, right? He writes two-thirds of the uh, New Testament. Did you know three times in Acts 16 and then in, in some of the other books as well, he's on his way somewhere and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit stopped him and sent him somewhere else. It, just in Acts 16, three times. So he's telling his team, hey guys, we're heading to Turkey. We're going to Turkey and on their way to Turkey. God does something, says no, not, and he goes to Asia. And I just think how weird would it be leading when you're telling your people we're going this way, God said, and then when you get halfway, God says somewhere else. Well, which was it, Lord? It, it, he doesn't care. He just wants movement he wants you to move in the direction you've prayed through in a way that you may not 100% know, but you move, and then God will move with you. And I think more and more, if I look back in my short life, I can tell that I have made some wrong turns. 
And I probably, would I have done it differently? Absolutely. But amazingly, amazingly, God's favor and grace showed up anyway. I was talking to a couple a few years ago, and they told me that God had called them to go to another country as missionaries. And uh, that's normal. But what was weird for me was, that was three years earlier. And when they heard the Lord tell them to go to another country, they quit their jobs. But three years later, unemployed and confused, they're still not in the country. And I said, well, wh- why, why aren't you in the country that God told you to go? They said, well, we haven't heard God say when. <laughs> I'm like, for three years, unemployed, they haven't got any money. They're waiting for a when. I'm like, I think you're asking God for something he's not giving. I said, I think if he, if he pointed you in a direction, he's waiting for you to move by faith. He's waiting for you to see him trust. I don't think he's going to. By the way, if you move in a direction, he's not putting all the pieces together for you. It's not going to look like a perfect pie before you head out on your new direction. And I would say to you, you say, I'm just, just believing God for a wife or a husband. Well, you might need to go on a date. Yeah, just, I know, it's big, it's huge. I know. Yeah, no, I'm just going to wait for them to, no, no, go out on a date, please. The sooner the better. Father, we thank you. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today and all that you're saying. Thank you for your word as it guides and directs us. I pray, Lord, that you give us help uh, to discern those initial steps in a way that we would move in faith and trust and in a way that we could keep our eyes and ears tuned to your adjustment, your realignment. Lord, I pray particularly today for those who are considering different things. In a fork in the road, I pray, Lord, that you would give them the courage to step forward uh, in that direction. They have a sense that you're taking them but haven't yet had the confidence or maybe even the faith to do so. I pray, Lord, Lord, that as they do that, they would experience not your blessing and favor on things, objects, places, but they would know that wherever they walk with their hearts right, your blessing and your favor is upon them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please connect with us at a differentlight.com.au or join us at one of our Sunday gatherings.